0: After years of helping online businesses make more money by advising them on their taxes and finances, I've now made it my mission to reach as many profitable online businesses as possible to help them save on their taxes and make more money. On my quest, I bring you proven and real profitable online business owners, and we dig into how they do it. Hello again, thanks for being here. This is The Few, The Proud, The Profitable. This is the podcast where we exclusively talk to six and seven figure online business owners. We know that in this space, there are a lot of pretenders, a lot of people who exaggerate, who inflate their accomplishments, some who just downright falsify them. So what we do here is we only talk to people who are actually making money online. So we've got one of those today. We got Lauren Tickner. Lauren, thanks for being here.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love what you guys are doing because it actually is crazy how much rubbish there is, or should I say trash, <laughs> how much trash talk, you know, people absolutely chatting garbage. And so I love what you're doing. Really, really cool. Yeah. Just making things happen and showing other people what's possible for them. That's what my aim is. Right. And
0: when I got involved in this space, it was because I started working with a few people who were legit. So at the very beginning, I was deceived based on my clients and the Facebook posts I would see that this (laughs) success was just ubiquitous. Everyone had it. And then the longer you're around, the more you realize that as much as people talk, a lot of them are really full of it. So trying to weed that out and talk to the people who have had, True success who have done really well here. So glad to have you. So, first thing is a couple sentences, just tell us who you are. What do you do?
1: Yeah, so I am from England. My name is Lauren Tickner. I know you already mentioned that, but just in case. And so, my whole thing is all about helping people create their own scalable online coaching or consulting business. Yeah. So, we really specialize in online. And the reason why I do this is because I actually started out as an online coach in the fitness industry. So I was helping people lose fat. I was helping them get strong. And that was after I had worked in a job in investment management. And I realized that that was not for me and that I definitely am someone who wants to have my own online business so that I can have the freedom to travel where I want, when I want, and to work on the things that I want to do. And so, yeah, that is me in a nutshell. I also have a podcast called Impact School, um, which I love doing. So, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's similar to where I start. I started in corporate America, worked for a Fortune 500 company as an analyst. Mm.
1: And yeah, theoretically,
0: right. that was a dream job. By any yeah. metric, that should have been where I stayed for the next 40 years. But it was just absolutely mm. miserable and some of it goes to the freedom some of it goes to corporate structure but it was it almost it felt like a prison sentence almost being there the same hours every day being confined to someone else's wishes schedule everything else so mm-hmm. the online side is pretty exciting being an entrepreneur is exciting in general but the online side especially given the flexibility it gives beyond what a regular business even would
1: That's exactly my thing. Yeah, I love the fact that I travel so much. So, so, so much. It's kind of cool. So I'm 22 years old right now. And so I started out in all this when I was actually 18. So, well, actually when I was 16, I literally just started posting on social media to build my Instagram, to connect with other people who are into fitness. And it's crazy how nowadays you can literally just turn... An idea into a full business is so easily doable now and in some ways that's bad because it means that some people who maybe aren't doing things in the most legitimate of ways are they're out there doing these things But in other ways it's because I'm sure that people who listen to this podcast are the ones who are actually making big things happen and so that's when it's just like, okay, look at all the opportunities that you have right now and make the most of them. And I'm fully committed to helping other people do just that because I know how many people just coast through life. I remember one of the biggest reasons why I quit my corporate job when I was working at that is it was the equivalent of like a fortune 500 company is yeah. they call it here, the, the FTSE, they're in the FTSE 250. Okay. It's pretty much the same thing because America's like bajillion times the size of England. Um, but anyways, so I was working there and I remember some guy was sat behind me and I overheard a conversation that he was having. He was around the same age as my, my dad, I guess. And so he was having a conversation and he had a daughter who was a couple years older than me and some other kids. And he was saying how he hadn't been able to take his kids on holiday for the past seven years because yeah. they literally couldn't afford it and cuz he didn't have enough time yeah. and so i'm looking around seeing this man who's working in a really well respected job yeah. and he can't even take the time or have the money to be able to go take his children on holiday mm-hmm. and so not only is does that suck like thinking that thinking on his shoulders right but also his kids aren't getting the opportunity to have that time away with the parents and those experiences and so I just remember thinking wow I sort of had this wake-up call and I was like if I stay in this job 30 years from now that's gonna be me and so I just was like okay well I know what I need to do and then that was essentially how I got into this whole world of entrepreneurship yeah
0: well I need to look up the stat, but, and I don't know how, if this is the equivalent over there, but here in the U.S., we have this huge problem with an insane amount of vacation days that employees are owed but don't take because they have too much pressure. Oh, really? Employers, they're so overworked that they can't get their work done. They can't afford it. Oh. It weeks and weeks per employee that they're due that just they, they never end up taking. And it blew my mind because it's such a cultural issue over here. I had a client who it was, it, it was an American business, but it was half owned, sort of as a pseudo subsidii- uh, subsidiary of a Swedish corporation. And I was talking to the lawyers over there, and they're like, "Okay, well, you won't be able to contact me for the next five weeks because I'm going on vacation." I'm like,
1: "Yeah, they got only are you
0: able to take this five week vacation, but you can just check out." But over here it's such a cultural problem to you mm. know, people aren't able to check out from their jobs, given the pressure from their bosses
1: yeah, I mean it's pretty similar in certain jobs here, um, but honestly I just i don't really pay attention to what's going on because yeah. if everyone's going to go right i 'm going left because yeah. I know that in order to do crazy big things you can't do really what everyone else is doing. Sure. Um just because I think that the system in a lot of these institutionalized organizations is pretty broken. And I don't yeah. think it's the best for anyone other than the people right at the top, right? So sure. I just honestly I just treat anyone who works alongside myself as I would like to be treated, right? It's yeah. the golden rule. <laughs> it's super simple. But unfortunately not many people are able to do that. But what I really want to drill down upon through my business and through everything that I'm doing with regards to my content really is that it's much more doable for people than I think they think it is. Right. So they see all these people online who have a massive following this massive, massive audience on social media, perhaps. And they think, Oh, well, they already have all these years of experience and all of this content and all of that. Like I can never catch up, but everyone has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so just actually getting yourself out there and diving in and trying it. It's just, I think people should be doing that.
0: Well, and I think that goes to the pretenders out there also doing a disservice to the people who are just starting out because according to them, they day one out of nowhere had this massive success. So you don't see any of the fact that like anything else, there's a gradual build to it. It is a process, right? So they think there's some deficiency with them because according to everyone on their Facebook feed that, you know, a month ago I was almost homeless. I was down to my last nickel. And now look at me, I'm making a million dollars a month and you can do it too. Right. Um, so, so yeah, if there was more realistic dialogue, then people would say, yeah, the, you can do this absolutely, right. but exactly. But not quite so instantaneous.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is, that's story, how many times have we seen it? My goodness me. And it's funny that you mentioned that because just a couple of weeks ago, my friend and I from university, before I dropped out, like I mentioned, but anyway, so me and him, we, we recorded an episode for Impact Schools podcast on, uh, the title was essentially saying, are you a warm Right. Yep. So rather than entrepreneur, wantpreneur, yeah. because yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. entrepreneur, Yeah. That's exactly it. Because so many people sort of get into entrepreneurship because they see all this glammed up lifestyle from yeah. people who are renting private jets, just to take photos and all of that. But they don't actually know what goes in on the, on like the other side, you know, the hard work, the, we were just talking just now about, you know, actually having a team, what that requires, that can be pretty tough and challenging, the risks that you have to take, the the overnight success story, that's what it is really. And so I think people really need to understand, like, am I just doing this because I want that glam, glam lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Or am I doing this for other reasons, aka solving people's problems, making an impact right. and all of that? Because if you're just doing it for the lifestyle, for the money and for everything like that, you are not going to last. Because when tough things happen, mm-hmm. if you don't have a solid reason why, you are going to get absolutely burnt to the ground. And those people who do know their reason why, they have their core values, they're the ones who are going to keep going. And then they're going to totally lap you. So.
0: Yeah, and in the er- what, not only are you going to end up with difficulties along the way, regardless that you have to power through, but in the early days, you're going to be you're going to have a worse lifestyle. You're going to have less time. You're going to make less money. So if your only motivation is, yeah, I don't want to work. I want freedom. I I want the success. You're going to be really sorely disappointed. So yeah, it makes total sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's funny when I, when I hear people say that they want to be an entrepreneur, for yeah like what you were saying to not work or to have freedom right for me one of my core values is freedom Mm -hmm. but it's not just like freedom to be able to chill out if you are an entrepreneur yeah you can have freedom but at the same time you're arguably the least free type of person in the world because you are attached to your clients to your team members to your software whatever it happens to be that you're doing Mm -hmm. so then you actually have a lot of responsibility right a lot of responsibility comes with entrepreneurship but if that's something that you're willing to take onto your shoulders the reward is exponential and I don't know about you but I would not change it for the world
0: no there's no way I'd ever go back Right, so normally the second question we ask is more or less what we've been talking about this whole time is what's the best thing about having a profitable online business? So I think we've covered that.
1: Yeah, well I think. There. Yeah, I mean, actually, for me, I think I just before we got on this podcast, I was doing a podcast with one of my clients. So she was she did one of our programs. Right. And um, basically she was working in a full time job and her goal was to match her her full-time job her corporate income so mm-hmm. she was working in digital marketing she's doing super well in it and all that and that was her goal to match that income now she's over she's done over that right in about like four months and that was it for me it's like i was able to get on this podcast just have a conversation with her as now friends and she's now been able to leave her job and she's she she was saying to me like this, she has this really cute italian accent and she was saying like it's just so surreal to her how she can just wake up and just do whatever she wants and that is the coolest thing yeah. i mean i'm sure you can agree it's just the impact that you have and you really are changing people's lives but that's just not like the coolest part it's like when you actually have this profitable business that is doing good things that obviously helped her and allowed her to change her her, her lifestyle, but she was also, I also asked her about like one of her clients and uh, she was telling me about a bunch of her different clients, but one of them, she was able to help that person totally change their business model away from being a virtual assistant to now being like an online business manager because being an online business manager allowed her to have more boundaries in her life. Yeah. So the fact that I was able to help my client who then changed the life of her client, who's now going to change the life of... It's just like this insane wow. domino effect... And it is just the coolest freaking thing in the world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. All right, cool. So question number three, one of the things in our tax practice that we deal with a lot and one of the things that we work with our clients a ton on is managing cash flow. Because for an online business, that can be great. It can also be a huge challenge because the way your cash flows come in and go out is pretty different from most businesses. So how do you manage that?
1: Yeah, it's a good question and it's really kind of spooky that you brought this up today because literally this morning I was listening to a podcast and in the podcast they were talking about cash flow management and so whenever I hear something that I need to, I'll show you actually, Um, but basically whenever I hear about something which I need to, you know, do a bit of work on, I always text it to myself. So literally this morning I sent a text to myself saying, energy management productivity and meditating that's irrelevant but right below it it says cash flow cash flow system um because here's the thing right for me it's never really been an issue um however the reason why i wrote it down and sent it is because it's something that i want to actually be able to educate my clients on the importance of and so Personally, my business has always been like super profitable and my costs yeah. have been pretty low because it's always been bootstrapped. I built it from the ground up and until recently when I've really been bringing on a lot of team members, my profits have been really high. So yeah. I haven't yeah, even really hard thought hard. about it so you don't um,
0: that as much.
1: Right, exactly. So the only issue and that I do have a team in-house um, helping me on is chasing failed payments. Because I think that's really important whether it's an online or an offline business if you have any form of Subscription or where you're doing the work before Mm -hmm. You get paid you need to have that because people are shady, you know Even if there's contracts in place, which that obviously should be people are still not trustworthy so
0: well and for an online business this is one of the things we've really had to tighten up and we advise our clients to is When you're doing it across different countries, across state lines, whatever, Mm. when it's not a local client, even if you have the right to theoretically sue over the funds, it is significantly harder to do. And even if you can, much more expensive to go and recover those funds. So anything you can do to make sure that you're getting a retainer up front or at the very you've got payments to where you're you're not doing this insane amount of work and then you're having to chase after them when they don't have the incentive to pay you at that point. Anything you can do to be having payment information on the front end is going to yeah. save you a tremendous amount of hassle down the road.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean on that, of course, it means that all of these things come into play where you need to in in the UK um, the sort of body which you have to be registered with is called the ICO. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's not, it's not ICO Bitcoin. It's its um, like an ICO It's basically a data protection. So if you're holding people's card information, for example, you need to be registered with that. Right. I don't know what it is in America, but there yeah, will be exactly. an equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, all these things are really important that I don't think entrepreneurs really know anything about because you get into it for like, you know, you don't think about all these things, these legal implications.
0: Yeah, you're not thinking about the back end, you're thinking about what you want to get out of and what you want to accomplish, not the sort of bureaucratic things you have to jump through or the organizational stuff you have to set up to properly function and to protect yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not sexy, right?
0: Yeah, no, not at all. All right, cool. So, Fourth question. a couple of minutes, just give us a tip that you think every online business owner should know.
1: I think that every single online business owner should. Whew, it's, a, it's, it's one tip. That's a tough one, isn't it? Honestly, actually. split
0: up into some smaller tips, whatever you want to well, do. Well,
1: no, now that we're talking about it, I just really think it's like the legal side of things. I yeah. think online business owners don't really realize how important it is. And the reason why this is fresh on my mind is because on Monday, a couple of days ago, um, it was cool. One of my clients actually came over and we recorded a podcast together and she has now started a company which is essentially coaching on these things. And so she's now coaching people who have online businesses, on all, like online coaching or consulting companies on these types of things. And so it's super fresh on my mind at the moment, but it's super relevant and I wish I'd started learning about it sooner. You know, yeah. fort- fortunately, it's never come around touch wood, you know, to nip me in the butt yeah. um, because we we were all fine and good. But at the same time, if anything had have happened, I would have had no idea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just know that you need to be within the law and your taxes. You've got to pay your taxes. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. that's one thing that's kind of interesting with the online that, because of the fact that you can bootstrap most of these companies, you can do it with a laptop and phone and an internet connection and <laughs> yeah. you can go on your way. For the people who are successful, there can be a little bit of a lag of treating it like a real business when it comes to the admin. Yes. And I'll be amazed. I'll be talking to people who are doing insanely well. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple million dollars worth of revenue for consulting businesses. You know, they're, they're clearing, high six figures, you know, into the seven figures. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, doing your return here, looking over your financials. I don't see any insurance expense. Like, oh, I don't have insurance. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah. no, I mean, well, you know, I've got, you know, I've got an LLC, which does, doesn't protect you yeah. completely by any means. But I'm like, okay, if you get a policy for even five grand or 10 grand or something, yeah, I know that's not cheap, but that's covering you, oh, indemnifying you almost com- completely, so I'm sure within the the realm of what you bought. Mm. But same thing, where we'll have people where, you know, oh, they'll talk to us and say, oh, well, we didn't, we didn't really report all the revenue because mm-hmm. you know, no mm-hmm. one ten nine nine is, I'm like, are you are you kidding me? It's getting processed through PayPal. You think there's not a a, a paper trail that if they decide to look at it that they'll notice, and say the legal setup having contracts all that stuff it's super important but I think because of the fact that a lot of people are doing this out of their houses are doing this in such a low overhead way mm. that even when they're making really good money there's this weird delay to treat it properly and to kind of dot your i's and cross your t's
1: yeah I mean I couldn't agree more yeah I, I absolutely love that you brought that up so when I was uh you know starting out as a fitness coach I didn't really see it as a business you know I just saw it as a bit of side cash and then it started you know building and building and building and fortunately my dad has had his own business like I think this is kind of where I get it from but he's had his own business since he was a similar age to me and that's sort of why I understood okay I need to get insurance and all that but I didn't really tell anyone about it for a while other than my clients. (laughs) And so it was just a bit of a thing that I was doing and making considerably more than I was making in my corporate job. And I didn't really realize the importance of doing all these things, you know, and hire an accountant. That was something that took me a long time to do. I just didn't really understand. And so, yeah, these are things that are like, they're not sexy, but they're important. Right.
0: All right, cool. So fifth question, it's one of two things, or you can answer both if you want. It's either what's the craziest thing you've seen sold online or what's the craziest tactic you've seen for someone trying to sell something online?
1: I think the craziest thing that I've seen is, I briefly mentioned it earlier, but you can rent a private jet that stays on the runway with a photographer. Yeah. It's just obscene. And then the craziest tactic Oh, um, yeah, I'll, I'll pass on that one. I'm not too sure. I've seen too many weird things. You know what I mean? Like just right, It all
0: start, It all starts to to blend together. What
1: was the weirdest one that you've seen?
0: The one that sticks in my mind isn't even one that I saw. It was one that I had. It was another podcast guest. He said he had a friend who had some sort of water filtration system. It was mm. like a handheld one, and he went into. I think it was LAX. And he went in and grabbed water from the toilet, used the thing to purify the water, and then drank it. And that was his promotional video.
1: Wow, so, he's really backing that yeah, product. That, that, I that mean,
0: really uh, stuck in my mind. Wow. But, yeah, but it, it, it's just the thing that gets me. And it's not, even, and again, this is where it all starts to run together. Is just the crazy exaggerations. Mm. It, it's mm. interesting because you would think that the sort of the incongruities in the stories would make no one believe them right Where if you look at the post history and you look at the timeline of when they claim things happen it sort of shifts over time that I was homeless a month ago but when I was 16 years old I was a millionaire and right. you know, all these things that don't make sense or I saw one, it was a guy who claimed that he was running, I think it was Facebook ads for a client. Mm. And he said that he stripped down the price, even though I never reduced my price, but I reduced it to work with them. I quadrupled their business in the first two months. And not only did they cancel the contract on me, but then they also said that they were going to dispute my fees. They were going to try and get a charge back with the credit card company. Right. It's just one of the things like and everyone in the comments is like, Oh, that's horrible. Why would ever anyone ever do that? And I don't know what the story is. I don't know if it's just a completely made up story altogether. But probably something, yeah. Something if this did happen that we're hearing about ten percent of it. Because mm-hmm. there's nobody where you're quadrupling their revenue no. who one is who then to- does that. One, I don't believe you can quadruple the revenue that quickly anyway, running Facebook ads on the- Unless
1: it was some really low revenue.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, exactly. They made $5 the month before and then <laughs> 20 the one after, right. So there's something screw, but even if you could do that, no one's going to cancel on you. And then, of course, they're not going to dispute it if you're doing your job. So I th- what's funny is I think people sometimes confuse- likes on Facebook and engagement on their social media profiles as social proof. Oh yeah. I think they can. Okay, cool. You have this legion of idiots that are liking your posts and saying, Oh, you're so great. But are those people who are successful enough that can actually buy from you to what extent are those actually converting to customers that you want? Um, it's,
1: it's huge. Yeah, it's literally huge. I mean, it's an issue that I've definitely faced um, because I, as I mentioned, built the majority of my audience in the fitness industry. Yeah. And so then now, I mean, I'd say I've done it very well, having shifted my audience to like a podcast business audience. But that's because I was always producing such high quality fitness content that I naturally had a lot of personal trainers and industry professionals following me for advice. But at the same time, because of the nature of my old audience, if I'm to post a uh, sort of like um, travel, like bikini photo versus, you know, a really good video, high quality, the one in the bikini is going to do so much better. So I've been pretty careful and I've actually been pretty smart and used it to my advantage to basically use those photos to show the lifestyle of having an online business, but then also making sure that people are aware that I have a really awesome podcast that will change their lives and so that's sort of how I've done it but yeah I mean it's super problematic and you just can't get caught up in likes like I don't even think about my social media barely anymore other than how I can put out good content that's going to change people's lives
0: right and how that actually converts to what you're wanting
1: right exactly because if you're like changing lives people are going to buy you know it's just a byproduct of that
0: right exactly All right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on here. If people want to reach out to you, if they want to work with you, listen to the podcast, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you or see the content you're putting out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, Thank you for having me. So the podcast is called Impact School. You can subscribe on any podcast provider whatsoever. And then I'm doing a lot on LinkedIn now. So it's just my name, yeah. Lauren Tickner. Yeah, LinkedIn's huge, by the way. Yeah. As of the end of 2019 and beyond, for a, for a good year or so, the algorithm is insane you're going to get the most bang for your buck on there and you don't even have to put your buck in there because the organic engagement is amazing right now um so that's a really good way to get new leads into your business okay
0: awesome again thanks for being here on the few the proud the profitable where we only talk to people who are actually making money online lauren tickner thanks again for being here and everyone watching just check us next time we'll be putting out new content soon thanks